1: Rich or Miss? Episode 71. Gary Loper is a Twitter expert teaching people to use Twitter in relationship marketing. He is also a motivational speaker, life and business coach, and a highly respected entrepreneur. He has enthused and empowered individuals in all walks of life. Gary has a strong background in marketing and sales and his 30-plus years of customer service and 15 years of direct sales ads show in more depth who he is. With that diversity in spiritual studies, relationship building, life and business coaching, marketing, customer service and sales, his background is a perfect blend to help others to be their best in life and business. Gary Loper, what an honor to have you here. Hi.
0: Hi. So now I'm going to say hi, hi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: how we pronounce it. <laughs>
0: my brain was just got caught up with a double thing in there. But hi, how are you doing?
1: <laughs> I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. Welcome to my show. I just shared with our audience what you've done until now. I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading?
0: Actually, it's it's kind of a real interesting time because they're kind of in a restructuring mode. Oh. Um, well, it, it's a little bit, you know, we'll be talking about some of these things, but relationships has always been very, very vital to me. Um, my wife, Carol, has a neuromuscular disease oh. and called Myasthenia Gravis. Oh. And I'm at a point now where I just want to be able to restructure my business so I can be able to work smarter and serving more people at the same time, like creating more group coaching programs so I can be able to focus more on spending time with her sure. and her health because you, know, you just never know how much time you have with somebody. I don't want to go down 10 years and have regrets because now this is the final stage or something. So we're just looking at how we can be able to spend more time. And that really feeds my soul Hmm. because the more, the stronger my relationship is, the more that I'm loved and the more that I can love, the more that I can be able to give to the people I'm working with.
1: Oh, wow. It is a challenging time, I must say. (laughs) Mm Yeah. Yeah. But you take it to the new possibilities, to looking for new ways. So, what are you doing today? What are you passionate about today, in terms of things that you are uh, dealing with, people that you meet, business that you do?
0: Well, I'm always probably because of the the political climate that's uh, abundant here in the, in the <laughs> United States.
1: <laughs> True to us, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I'm really more passionate about creating more things about social justice and inclusion and equality. It just, you know, when I see some of these stories, uh, you know, just about how we've treated each other, and, it, and it's not a just a, a today problem, it's been going on through histories on how we treat other groups of people horribly. And I really think that that needs to be able to stop. There's There's so much that we can be able to learn from each other, We can still be able to hold on to our heritages and kind of blend in as a community that supports and cherishes the the uniqueness of each other. And I really think that that's been missing, and you know we're we're missing a, a lot of things in life, in our businesses, our relationships, and even just our knowledge of the world. You know, because with social media, for example, now you're in Israel, I'm in Florida, so you know just Look at this, how close we can be connected now. So it's, you know, a couple, couple of emails were here. And so we need to have a little bit of awareness of what other people are going through in in other countries and other cultures, just so we can be able to be more respectful for one another. And when, we, when we're when we respectful, that's when we get respect back. We can't go in demanding, oh, respect me because we're the big guy on the block. But no, we hmm. have to be able to give it before we can get it.
1: I think in terms of the whole business culture, we are there today, which is very beautiful because I came from times that marketing was pushing into your face Mm -hmm. what you want to say. And today it's all about giving more and more value, which has part of it. But I must say, before talking about business, that I really love the expression of social justice. I mean, we talked about social justice, I guess, long before we had social media. Mm But today it gets other uh, other meanings, isn't it?
0: Oh, it is. And, you know, we, we have a bigger voice and we can be able to do things. Like you talked about civil rights and women's rights. Those are things that are going on when I grew up in the 60s and the 70s and started out. But now there's an opportunity, you know, they're, they're all coming, it's, it's cycling back up to the top as it should be because those situations haven't been corrected. But now I think that, you know, everybody's got a voice and be able to can share information in social media and you just never know how it's going to be able to alter something. You know, when I first started out on Twitter,
1: yeah,
0: you know, there was a, a guy who was following me and I looked, I looked at his page and it was all full of gangster raps kind of stuff, you know, at the time, 10 years ago. And yeah. so there was a lot of negative energy on his page Oh, and I'm going, okay, well, this doesn't really resonate with me. But then I realized, it says, OK, well, maybe I'm here as a teacher. Hmm. And I just watched. And over a course of six months, his energy and the language on his page changed.
1: And did you talk about it? Did you work together? No, nope,
0: Without. no. Nope, nope. Wow. Nope, nope. And that's another thing. You know, an, another really impactful story was uh, one day a girl wrote to me and she says, I can never thank you enough for what your your tweaks have done for me. And you know, I, you know, kind of always looking for an internal rewards kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, yeah, what?
1: that's, that's what we're looking for.
0: Yeah, And I go, okay, well, what did I do? What did I do? And, <laughs> and so she writes back to me, I asked her to email me and she told me that, you know, she's got a debilitating disease and at, she oh. was, she was contemplating suicide it, until oh. one of my just for today affirmations came across her stream and there was something in that Tweet that resonated with her that said okay, that she was going to stay and be able to work with others with the same condition to try to be able to help their lives better.
1: Wow. You jumped on this um, wagon of Twitter quite early, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of where we, we got started because, uh, you know, I started in my business probably like 14 years ago. I was doing massage work and was also, you know, dabbling in coaching. Oh. And, but you know, not I hadn't gotten anything really going. But one of the, one of the doors that opened up for me, I was doing massage for people with disabilities. Okay. And so I was doing that for a number of years, very fulfilling work. You know, I'm an internal rewards person. So so I'm in the client's home. Mm-hmm. I can be able to see the progress. I'm making connections with that client. You know, they're two or three times a week connecting with their family and things. And so it was it was a great opportunity.
1: You're helping them.
0: Yeah, I was helping them, and I, I was being helped because it fed my emotional needs. And but mm. in 2008, funding for the program was eliminated, oh. and that threw me into a, a deep depression. And because I was going, "What am I? What am I going to do now?" But a couple months before that, like in June of 2008, I was at a weekend workshop where one of the speakers had said, "Hey, you got to check out Twitter." You know, and Twitter was just a year and a half old then. Yeah. So I got on. I'm just flaying around because you know nobody really knew what they were doing or what was going mm-hmm. on or what the purpose was. Yeah. And when funding for the program, and so I'm on the couch, I'm locked down into the couch. So I'm looking at how do I lift up myself? How do I get myself back into the game and back into life? And. Yeah. I had been studying personal development since 1989, since I went back to school to get my uh, marketing and sales degree. And since then, I started collecting motivational quotes. Yeah. So I have a whole, I got documents full of motivational quotes. So I started. Re-
1: I could tell. <laughs> I saw so many of them in your Twitter page. Yeah.
0: And so I started reading them. And then I started, okay, so I'm feeling better. And then I started tweeting them. And in <laughs> tweeting them, that was kind of the first kind of aha kind of light bulb tap moment was that people were started responding. They were retweeting, they were asking questions, they were commenting, they were asking more things about this. And that was when, you know, I thought it was a universal message saying, okay, so you've been a coach for 10 years. You haven't done anything with it. You're going to start now coaching using this Twitter thing. And and I've just been able to see, Really a daily progression of these, you know, motivational messages are impacting people's lives in a positive way. And that's why I put out a lot of them all the time, because I, you know, like the story we just told about, you know, with the girl with uh, contemplating suicide. Yeah. I know now that those messages have a big impact and now it's kind of a responsibility for me to be able to share them a lot because I just, I know that people are going to see them when they need to see them.
1: That's correct, and it's very interesting because, you know, people that are trying to be more active in Twitter and just starting out, and everyone say, okay, use quotes, it works fantastic, but actually you brought it really as a tool to inspire people from something that was inside yourself, so it's beautiful.
0: Exactly, and another thing that really came out to be a an underlying kind of a subliminal kind of secondary benefit is I'm a shy networker. Are you? Yeah, I, I, I when I go to networking events, I wait for people to come to me. I don't go around and pump the room and go that Hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. I just, you know, if people are attracted to me, they're going to they're gonna be able to come to me. <laughs> but see, what I stumbled into was a strategy by going out and being able to enhance the lives of, of other people. By providing those positive messages, more and more people are reaching out to me. Yeah. And like like you, you saw my messages, you saw my profile, and it became an attraction. Definitely. So people, Definitely. People reach out to me. And so as a shy networker, I don't have to deal with the rejection and reaching out to people, say, Hey, can I be on your show? Or can I do this or can I do that? Now that part's eliminated. And now, you know, you just invest some time to be able to establish that online presence, and that becomes an attraction magnet all by itself.
1: I do agree. I think you really, um, without talking or making business or asking to be here or there, you're making a lot of impact. And when you make a lot of impact, people want to hear more of what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, who would you consider as your customers or consumers today?
0: I'm probably working more with coaches, authors, teachers, podcast hosts, that type of people, people who are looking and are committed to expanding their reach and building a targeted audience.
1: And mainly through Twitter? or Yeah. Or... Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I really think that, that Twitter is such a powerful tool. You know, Facebook doesn't have the, a lot of the communication because fa- Facebook really limits the the posts that are being seen. You have to page to be able to do that. But right. you can be able to craft your tweets and if you're using search words and if you're using provocative titles and anything else to be able to, you know, to be able to, to attract people to your blogs, your, your sales pages, whatever it is. And That's all just part of the strategy. But Twitter is, it's 24-7. You don't have to vet followers. People can find your tweets. If they're they're looking for a topic, the search capacities on Twitter are immensely superior to anything else. I mean, you can be able to go and you can be able to look for massage therapists within your zip code on Twitter.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I haven't found that you can be able to do that on any other thing. And so you can be able to have that conversation. You can target it. But more important is you can be able to be found. It's not so important that you go out and find it all. But if you put out there and put the seeds out there and allow people who are looking for those your solutions to come and find you.
1: I think it's something magnificent because. I remember I started with Twitter because I worked with a lot of programmers and a lot of developers, because I've been working with startup founders and entrepreneurs during the last 10 years, and they were in Twitter all the time. I mean, they really found Twitter very early, it's 2008 and 2009, and I didn't really know what it is, but I remember that when I started to look at it, I said, wow. I can follow anyone I want. Mm-hmm. I can follow other people that I really want to hear what they have to say. Now it's very clear to all of us, but this freedom to follow anyone you want and just learn more about them, it's fantastic. Yeah,
0: and, and this is what I, I try to explain to people, because a lot of people, when they come on Twitter, they get overwhelmed because they see their their news feed they see their their home page of everybody they're following and that gets overwhelming because if you could imagine yourself going into a, a stadium and there's a hundred thousand people inside this stadium and they're all having conversations are you going to want to try to keep track of all the conversations going on with all of those people
1: yeah it's it is overwhelming when when you put it that way, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, but then imagine, because this is where you can be able to utilize lists and to you know other tools to be able to find the conversations that you're interested in, right? And that you can be able to watch and read or things that you want to contribute to. That's really a lot of things that that I teach in my in my Twitter classes and things like that is to be able to teach people how to be able to sift through that noise and be able to narrow in where they want to spend their time because otherwise you can get run down all sorts of rabbit holes and you just never come Mm. out.
1: (laughs) That's right. We're mainly talking to entrepreneurs and startup founders and small business owners, and I ask you to share with us, what is your best advice regarding approaching the customers, regarding customer focus, regarding talking with the clients? Anything that has to do with customer approach, what would be your best advice to those entrepreneurs?
0: Well, probably the biggest thing that I teach, not only in entrepreneurs, but this is, you can apply these same rules in your personal relationship, is you have to listen. You have to listen. And so if somebody's asking you a question, don't rush into it with a pitch and going through there. You know, it's like, how, how do you turn somebody off the fastest is, you know, respond to my following you with, Hey, I thought you'd be interested in buying my program. And it's like, (laughs) okay. So, you know, we haven't built any trust. We haven't built rapport. I I use a lot of analogies. It's like dating. Yeah. You know, when you're dating somebody, if people try to close the deal in air quotes, closing the deal on the first date, it
1: may
0: be, it may be a little fun, but the probability of long-term relationships are small. Right. But relationships that build over time, 5, 10, 15, 20 dates, whatever it is, before things close naturally.
1: That's right.
0: You know, now you're you're building a relationship and you're looking more than just one thing. You know, I've always had a focus of, you know, we, we got to be able to come to serve people. And so on social media, you know, we can be able to build trust and rapport. By sharing these like motivational messages, by sharing articles that you know that sort of um, highlight that we're experts in these areas, so we want to be known for these areas. We can build that trust yeah. and rapport, which is part of that sales process. Mm-hmm. We can also be able to you know our blog posts. Now this this is kind of an advanced technique that would, you know we're going to let slip out. But when people put a blog post out there, most of the times they fall in love with a title. <laughs> Now, that title is only going to appeal to a small audience, but your article is going to be able to have six or seven brilliant points that are going to solve somebody else's problems. So I always suggest that you you know, try to expand your audience by writing up six or 10 different tweets for every blog post, for every podcast. So you can be able to say, okay, so if somebody wants to know, oh, how, you know, do I need... Uh, Want an advanced tip on Twitter? So so that you might be able to put that out there. So listen for the advanced tip. And, you know, so you just...
1: I think it's a great tip because you really can do that on Twitter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, And that way, because Twitter doesn't like you to be repeating the same posts within 24 hours.
1: Yeah.
0: So if you give it a variety, you stay out of Twitter's, you know, filters... And you also give your audience a variety, and they're seeing multiple different ways and questions that, that you're solving for other people. And I look at every tweet's an audition.
1: Hmm.
0: And so people are watching. People are watching us on Twitter, uh, how we're interacting, what we're doing. And I never look at the, the people who are following me as those are potential clients. Yeah. What I look at them is, is they're representative of their own community, And if I can build trust and rapport with them, when they need me or if they hear somebody who needs me, they can refer me comfortably. Right. And so that's one thing. So listening, being a service.
1: I think it's the best advice you could give, (laughs) I, I believe. I know you've got quite a lot of successes and we'll get to it in a minute. Share with us, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most, or one of them, can you tell us this story?
0: Well, sure. <laughs> because, well, one, I have a philosophy from borrow, borrowing it from Napoleon Hill. There's a seed of good in every experience. That's right. So I'm always looking at, you know, you know, there, there's a pony inside this pile of poop. So, <laughs> so, so everything, I'm, I'm trying to be able to look at that, but. I think one of the things when I first started out, I started out with a client that was managing his Twitter account,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he and I were in the same coaching program. Yeah. So I I just sort of trusted that his integrity would be about the same as mine because we're in the same program. Yeah. But he he didn't pay he didn't pay me and he kept stringing me along for a year. Uh-oh. Oh. This, oh this is coming or that's coming or we're doing this or doing. That. And I was so gullible that I allowed it to happen. And you know, three or four thousand dollars along the way. A little bit later, you know, I just said, "Okay, you're not paying this," and I had, you know, had to be able to cut them off. But that was kind of the the turning point where we're where now we're going. You know, you're prepaying, and we're going to be able to be a lot clearer about uh, what the, the expectations are. You know, so one of the services I provide is I help people, you know, build their audience,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I can be able to go and help you, you know, find find people to follow you.
1: Yeah.
0: But where a lot of the clients don't succeed is that they're not tweeting or they're not following some of the other instructions that I have. That I've, you know, have created this system. I've learned how to be able to do this over ten years. They're not following it. So they're just looking, oh, okay, well, you're just going to get me more followers. Okay, well, the followers that I'm going to get you are going to be active people, and they're going to be looking for somebody who's active to be able to follow mm-hmm. and go through. The, and when you follow those directions, things have, you know, have a better result. Sure. So one you know, so clear communication about the results, the prepays. I did start a hardship program, which is a discount program, so if somebody couldn't be able to do it. And, you know, I talked to them and I really wanted to be able to help them. We can offer them a discount to be able to keep working, but they're going to be able to pay. Cause I think you have to be able to have, you know, some skin in the game. You have to be able sure. to be committed to be able to do this. Sure. And so another thing that, that I also learned on this was it really helped me to be able to see the value of the work that I was doing hmm. and knowing that it was successful and impactful. And that gave me the confidence to say, okay, well, this is what we're doing, and you're going to pay in advance for this. And that's, it.
1: And that's so what happened.
0: Th- that, that's what happened. So by losing $3,000, so we've you know learned how to be able to do that so we don't put ourselves in that position again.
1: Hmm. Do you have any story about you actually disappointing your customers or making... Some mistakes with your customers for your customers. I can't think. No, but
0: I no really because I've I've always over delivered, and that's one of the things that I
1: love that
0: it's the one thing that I've always strived myself on. So you know, one of the programs I have is I'll get you five hundred new followers on Twitter, and, wow. and I never get I never get just five hundred. It's always going to be you know eight hundred mm. and you know th- this is one of the things was. One of the clients who really followed what I was doing, hmm. they got, they got three times, three times the result. Wow! So I was doing the same thing that I do to be able to get somebody five, six hundred, seven hundred followers a month. So I was doing the exact same thing, but he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and he was getting fifteen hundred followers a month for the same program. Mm. So it really really makes a difference.
1: I love this. Um... I love this method's concept of over-delivering because I think that's what counts today. That's what works really, really well. And we can see with those entrepreneurs like Neil Fatal and um, uh, Pat Flynn, and they are talking a lot about that, giving and giving mm-hmm. and giving, um, Girl Now I would like to ask you about the story of your greatest most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right with your customers actually you told me something about it about this customer that got three times more but tell me more of this story or another one that we'll hear a bit more about the success there
0: well, I think that was it, and it was, you know, that he got you know three times more, and that's probably sometimes even a low estimate because I think we even did more. But it's really is he embraced you know my idea of what I call the four E's of essential tweeting, you know, enhance people's lives, entertain them, educate them, and create engagement.
1: Wow, enhance people's life, entertain, educate, and engage. Wow
0: so it you know his tweets and i tell people you know if your tweets contain one or more of those situations and i've got a blog post on com where you can be able to um to read that and very very and, powerful because i think it just work, it just works across all social media but it you know it's really there and so he mm-hmm. was doing that and like I, I said you know the effort that it took you know and again you have a system and there's a program and there's you know, I know how many numbers of this to do that, to do that, to, to be able to get to what I want to be able yeah. to go to. And because he because he was doing it,
1: he was doing his share. He was doing his part. So his everything share. worked much, much stronger for him.
0: Right. And the clients who do get that, you know, he was the exception. But the clients who even do it part of the way, you know, get even better results. But the other ones who don't get it or just think that this is a, a selling platform or, hey, I just need more followers. The first thing that I tell people is when they ask, you know, how do I get more followers? Hmm. And the biggest thing I tell them is, you know, you have to become a great follower first.
1: That's right. Hmm.
0: You have to be able to remember you talked about that um, every tweet is an audition. So people need to be able to see what you're doing. So you need to be retweeting and engaging and talking to others and sharing things that educate us, enhance us. And entertain us without having us to go into our wallets, you know it, again, it's stage selling. we talked about date eating. Mm-hmm. customers, customers, and dates sure, I would say probably ninety five percent of them would want would rather be seduced hmm. than molested
1: that's right <laughs> that's right um, Gary, I would like to ask you, can we recommend the best, most effective technological or digital tool? that related to customer focus, marketing, or sales. And what I'm looking for is not the latest, shiniest tool in the endless list, but a tool that you work with that really works for
0: you. I use Hootsuite, which is a social media dashboard. Sure. And TweetDeck is is very similar. And what you can be able to do is on Hootsuite, I can manage my Twitter accounts. Yeah. I can I can manage my Facebook page, my Facebook business page, uh my Google Plus, Instagram. I can all manage and I can be able to watch that. So I could from one screen I can be able to set up columns that I can be able to scroll through any mentions or conversations that I need to be able to pay attention to. And so this is what I talked about before about sifting th- through that timeline of all that other noise, which is also very important that Hootsuite and TweetDeck are great for, is that you can be able to bring in your lists. Now, lists are something that are, are should be vital and will really help you save a lot of time and energy. Yeah. Is, you know, when you talked about all the people that you wanted to be able to, be able to watch and follow. So if they're motivational speakers or celebrities or coaches or people in your industry. You can make a list of that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: import that list onto Hootsuite, and then you can just scroll through those people. And I, you don't have to go searching for that anymore. If you do just in a newsfeed, roll through that again. You know, we cover that in my my flight school Twitter class. There, I got blogs on it, but those things are essential because what it really does is allow you to be able to manage your accounts. And depending on the size, starting out, you can be able to do it in 15, 20 minutes a day. And as your audiences increase on all the platforms, you'll need to invest more time. But it's kind of like going to the gym. You Mm -hmm. you start out with these five pound dumbbells, right? You start out with the little weights and you build up your strength. But for any kind of real success in social media, engagement is is essential for the process to work. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're doing coaching, or providing any kind of personal services or consultations and things like that, because people need to be able to build that trust with you. Sure. And if they don't see you engaging with other people, or if you're not responding back to them, they're going to go look for another solution to their problem.
1: Sure. That's right. Gary, there are many factors that affect success, but I... uh believe that any one of us really have one factor that really helped him in his journey to uh, gain this uh, success. And I want to ask you, what is your key success factor?
0: Oh, really, It's I really think it's my relationships with my wife. Wow. And because, you know, over time... And I spent like eight years in personal therapy, you know, self therapy, living on the beach here in Saint Petersburg, Mm -hmm. and just reflecting on life and stuff. And I really looked at all of my relationships and everything else, and really found what my needs were, and being able to communicate those needs, and to be able to find somebody who you know could be able to help me with those needs, and I could be able to help her with her needs. You know, to be able to build the trust the love, the, have faith in, or you know, the, the support, allowing growth to be nurturing, to be able to, you know, not take things personally. You know, so those were a lot of things that I missed or didn't have or didn't have returned to me the way I was looking for it, you know, in my previous relationships and as a child. Hmm. So I didn't, I didn't get those. So I was really spending a lot of time being able to look at that and it says, okay, I have this relationship that's, that's rock solid. Hmm. And now because of that, because now I feel loved and I can love and I can be able to go that, I am more confident that I can be able to go out and do that, you know, especially like, you know, as a coach, you know, so if you're looking at, you know, personal development coach, you know, if, you know, I'm down in a funk. Yeah. How am I going to be able, how am I going to work with you to be able to get you out of your funk if I'm in one? Sure. So I need to be able to, you know, take the experiences from my funk to be able to to help guide you, guide you through yours. But
1: Be able you know, to inspire I, as well, have the strength. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I think that's the most important thing, you know, and then coupled with, you know, the coaches and some of the other speakers and other people that we've worked with, people who other, you know, a few people who have given us opportunities you know where our cash flow was was bad you know we, we got invited as guests to a lot of workshops and things so people were, were seeing us and being able to extend that that graciousness to us but the relationship is the bottom line but there are a lot you know there's a lot of other pieces that also help build the framework that we have now hmm.
1: it's it's a beautiful answer i love that my final question before I'll ask you what is the best way to connect with you um, is my mountain question. And I always tell that I always imagine this journey in the mind of the customers, trying to build brand, trying to build this trust and relationship, and then uh, building some kind of an idea and a concept and taking ownership of a category in the mind of the customer. I see it as climbing mountain, step after step after step. And I love to ask my guests, did they ever climb a mountain? But here I'm talking about a physical mountain or do they wish to climb a mountain or do they have any story about mountains at all? So what about you Gary? Well,
0: well, I haven't haven't climbed a mountain yet. A uh, f- f- physical mountain. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm not sure. I I don't do well in cold. So I can't <laughs> imagine. In mountains, yeah. <laughs> you you, got, mountains, a mountains you tend, got a point. You got a point. They tend to tend to get cold up on top of that. Yeah. Um but metaphoric mountains I've climbed a lot of those and they're constantly reinventing. But I guess you know, an analogy you know that, that came to mind while you were talking about that was um, when I lived in Milwaukee. I moved, I think, moved in '96. So this probably happened in like 1993 or '94. I would, I wanted to do a hundred mile bike ride. Okay. And it, it, so it was a charity bike ride, and so in Wisconsin, I had an indoor bike so i'm'm I'm, I'm riding that trying to be able to train and, and go through and 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 build and build things up. And um, so you know come this I think, I think it was May or early June. So I'm doing this ride and just going you know just going along and realizing that I probably wasn't as prepared as I I'd hoped to be. <laughs> And that really kicked in when we got to an area where there were some pretty high hills. Mm-hmm. And
1: you say that you don't need a mountain, sometimes a hill can be a, <laughs> b- a great
0: challenge as well. A, a hill will kick <laughs> your butt as well. And I got through about 70 miles before this hill kicked my butt. And <laughs> but I got off my bike and I walked up the hill. And when I got to the top of the hill, I got back on the bike and I finished the race. You know, it wasn't a race; it was it was a charity ride. But
1: sure,
0: but you you got, got it, to it to the, the to the end. the end. But you know, it's I guess probably you know if we look and reflect back, what was the metaphor? Was that it's like okay, you know, maybe I could have trained a little bit more, but I did the best that I could at that time, and I had to be able to accept the fact this is the best I can do. And I you know, is there another way? I, be, I can get to the top of this hill so I can start riding down and go home. And so I really think that hmm. that's probably the biggest thing is, can you find another way to be able to do it? Can you, can you get get support and going through there? And being able to realize, you know, that the other people were, you know, riding by and there were, you know, support staff that, that drove by and everything else and people were checking on me. So that was good So making sure that I wasn't, you know, Going to be roadkill or anything but um uh, that was that that was really a thing and it's you know i and so you really have you really have to be able to look at it like okay hmm. what can i do and how can i adjust if i get stuck along the way hmm,
1: that's i think it's an excellent example and it's a great story and um i just want to ask you um gary what is the best way to get in touch with you and to connect with you for any one of our listeners that would like to, to contact you?
0: Well, it's probably pretty simple because I got online early. Um, Hmm. So you can be able to look for Gary Loper, G-A-R-Y-L-O-P-E-R on Twitter. Mm -hmm. My my website's GaryLoper.com. Or you can just search for Gary Loper in St. Petersburg, you know, on Facebook, LinkedIn, any other social sites, you know, we're there in some way. Or just email me Gary at garyloper dot com and we'll be able to start a chat. But just you know, tweet me, talk to me, find a way, find a way to be able to reach out. We're here.
1: Hmm. Great, and we will put of course uh, all of the links in the show notes of this interview as well as the link to this blog post you talked about or to the courses you have if somebody would like to join. So we'll put all of them on the show notes that anyone can find them. And Gary, I would like to thank you so much for this conversation.
0: Oh, it was a pleasure, Hyatt.
1: Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. It was interesting. And I think we learned quite a lot. Uh, I learned a few things about Twitter and uh, was inspired as well. So thank you so much for that.
0: My pleasure. So happy tweeting. (laughs) Happy tweeting. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss show the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you
1: next week.